our worship leader. But actually, you guys, Brad's perfect in all that he does all week long in every situation, as I'm sure you are as well, right? And I tell you, you know, it's really interesting because this really is our lives. There are so many, if you want to call them, one term I've heard is domains that we live in. We've got, you know, we're going to leave this place today, and we're going to have our families probably today. Some of you are going to be in your recreational world today. Um, on Monday, you're going to get into your work world. We've got our friendships, every one of these things. And as Andy said, what will happen is, the question is, who, who are we when we're in that? Like, this is church world, right? So for the next hour and a half, you know, as we sit in here, we've got our church face on, you know. And, and, and one of the things that really was funny at the gala last night, because everybody's like, dude, you actually look like a pastor, you know. <laughs> you got your suit and tie on. Yeah, and so we're a little bit different here because of the place we're at and the way we dress. It's, it's actually one of the things where we try to meld these two things. But you will be somebody. It's really, really hard to just be you in your workplace and then you're the same when you go home, and you're the same on the court or the golf course. You're the same person as you are right here. It's really hard to do that. And what's interesting, you guys, is, is a lot of that, too, is our culture itself is split up in a lot of different domains, a lot of different areas that we live out our life. We have education. We've got politics. We have health. We have entertainment. We've got economics. And we have faith. And it would almost be like if you had a, a big pie, it's like the, 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 our whole world gets divided up into these sections, and a lot of us live in different ones, different ones of those, and what's interesting is for years, especially here in America, but I think all through church history, is that faith has usually been seen as just one piece of the pie. I've got all these other things I do, and another thing I do is believe in God. And I remember for me, man, the, the, the best illustration for that was when I was in college going to, at Oakland University back in Michigan. And there were these guys on my floor, man. And when it was study mode, I mean, these guys closed their doors and they worked their tail off. I mean, you wouldn't even see them. And they'd get their three nines and they'd get their four points in engineering. These guys were really serious about their studies. But I'm telling you what, man, it was Thursday night, too. It didn't even wait until Friday. But as soon as Thursday night hit, it was party mode, complete party mode. And that was it. It was like work, school is over, the weekend's here, and it is absolute chaos. You know, I remember I, I'd come back, and I'd come in sometimes on the weekends, and I'd walk up to the dorm, and a couch would come flying out of the fifth floor, you know? You, you, you walk into the elevator, and there's throw-up everywhere, you know, in there. You're just going, this was the weekend because it was total party mode. And then you know what was interesting to me about these guys? They never missed church on Sunday. You see how we car come, come, how do you say that? compartmentalize our lives? And it's a real challenge to do that. We all do that in some way or another. And that's what we want to kind of look at here today. Because in Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 17, or actually I'm just going to read to you verse 17, it says this. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of God. Of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it was so interesting to me to when I look back at that life to see in American culture and in American Christianity, somehow we've been able to say, I will not miss a Sunday, I will go to church, 
And that's what I'll do for that hour and a half, and I'll be faithful to God for that hour. I'll be there. And then, as soon as we walk out this door, we turn into somebody else. And yet the scripture says, "Uh uh-uh. You guys, this is all one thing. Do you guys know there's only one God? (laughs) There's only one God. That was one of the most unique things about the Israelites, is there was only one God. See, in that culture, there would be all these different gods for every part of your life. But when the God of Israel, Yahweh, the God that you and I serve today, when he showed up, he said, no, 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 I guess there's not a work God and a family God and a sex God and all this kind of God. No, there's me. (laughs) And guess what? I care about your work, care about your family, care about you. I care about the environment. I care about everything. And that's why I think he tells us today, you know what? I want you just to live one life. Just one life. Instead of having all these different domains and picking which one you're going to live in at different times, I want you to lay over all of them. And so I'd love for you, I I just feel like I just really want to pray before we jump in here. And I'd love for you to just kind of take an inventory in these next like 30 seconds about the different domains that you live in. If you're a spouse here today, how does Jesus get into that? Whatever you do, (laughs) do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you live in your marriage with Jesus? If you're a parent today, <laughs> woohoo! How about that one? Okay, a few honest chuckles. Whatever you do when you're parenting your kids, do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Most of us in this place work. Picture your workplace. Does Jesus get in that workplace? Those of you who do any type of recreation, whether you're at the club, Whether it's a sport, whatever you do, are you in there? And let me just pray. I just want to pray for us that God might help us today to understand what it means to do whatever we do in the name of Jesus Christ and why that's so important. So let's pray together. Father, thank you that you are a part of every part of our life. Thank you that there's nothing that we do apart from you. Thank you that you don't uh, leave us alone at any minute, but that all that you are, we can have in this moment. And Lord, you, you, you know, I, I love the fact, too, that you're, you're here this morning. You know every single person in this room. You know the life they lead. You know where you want to walk with them and be with them. And I just pray that today you'd reveal that to them. And talk to us today in a way that actually... Um, changes us. Help us understand what the truth is and to live in it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, so so here's the deal. Let me just recap really quick why we did this series. We started off and we did Easter, and we talked about this amazing idea that Jesus Christ, when he died, he actually rose again. And we talked about the fact that many people don't know why that was so important. Like it was important for him to die on the cross because we need to get our sins forgiven. But we've forgotten why it was so important that Jesus Christ would rise again and be alive. And the reason was is so that he could be alive with us today. So we decide, well, let's do this whole series called Unstoppable. Because obviously, apparently, Jesus Christ is unstoppable. (laughs) If even death couldn't stop him. But not only that... 
as we've said many times throughout the series, and we're going to just keep hitting this because this is absolutely critical. I told Susie this morning, I feel like what I'm going to talk to you about today is kind of, in some sense, a culmination to me. It's like the pinnacle of what this is all about today. When we're talking about unstoppable, what we're really talking about is the fact that nothing could stop Jesus Christ from saying yes to God. He said yes to his Father every single moment of his experience down here on earth. That's what he did. Nothing could stop him. And because of that, nothing could stop Christ from impacting this world more than any other human being ever has because it was God in the flesh. So we wanted to talk about, well, what could that mean? Because here's what happened. After he rose from the dead, and Andy spoke on this, and we called it, he established something. And what he established is what we call Pentecost. And what happened on that day, it was the day where God, the Father, and Jesus Christ gave the church the Holy Spirit. And they said, guess what? The very Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is now available to you. And you don't ever have to live another moment alone. And he established it in history 2,000 years ago. That he would actually live in us. This was the plan of God. And then we talked about the next week is that now what happens is embody. You and I actually get to embody the living God. Now again, let me just tell you, if, if some of you are visiting here and Christianity is new to you, some of the stuff is so wacky. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff sounds so nuts. And for all of you who are Christians, just remember this. Remember this, whenever you think another faith sounds really stupid, you know, because we'll do that. We go, how can they believe that? Do you know what you believe? It's pretty stupid. It's pretty weird. It's pretty wacky. This idea that God said, you are a spiritual being, and I'm going to embody you. You are going to embody me. Excuse me. I am going to come into your very presence and live inside you. Now, and here's why this is so important, you guys, because most of us are living kind of this life that's not unstoppable. We're kind of living this okay, right? Yeah, how you doing? Huh, I'm okay. <laughs> really? Great. All right. How are you? I'm busy, right? We're all busy, yeah. We've got so many things going on in this world. Really? How you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay? Come on. This is where we've got to stop and quit going to church and stop and think about what we really believe. If you call yourself a Christian today, what you're saying is you believe that the living God who could be raised from the dead is inside you. How you doing? Okay. Come on. See the disconnect here? All right, so we embody him. Then the third thing we talked about is if he's in you, why is he in you? So that you'll emulate him. See, once he gets inside you, what he's doing is saying, Listen, I had this great idea originally, and it got all screwed up. You guys have been living apart from me, and it's messing up your whole life. So part of the reason I'm inside you is so that step by step, little by little, I can actually transform your life, where you can start to look like me, and not only look like me, live like me. What's the fruit of the Spirit? It's the most enticing thing in all the world, I think, love and joy peace, patience, and kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, I'm telling you, you talk through those things, and I feel like every human being on the earth is going, I want those things. And God said, well, great. I had this whole plan. I'm going to rise from the dead so I can be alive, 
And then I'm going to establish this whole plan where I can now live inside you, and I'm going to help you to live like me. You are actually going to have what I have. Unbelievable. And then last week, Ryan talked to us about, man, if this is all true, then embrace who he made you to be. Embrace the uniqueness. Because the Holy Spirit, once he gets inside of you, this is so crazy, he actually chooses. You know, wouldn't it be great, you know, if we could just go, hey, I'd, I'd love to have these things, God, could you make me this way? But see, we don't get to do that because God created you, and he says, now I want you to embrace who you are. Did you know that I actually established the time for you to be alive and the place where you would live, and I made you new, uniquely for that purpose? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm hoping you guys left last week walking out of here going, oh my, I had no idea how valuable I am. Man, I'm hoping you walked out of here last week and this last week at your workplace and in your home and in your neighborhood and in whatever else you do, you just went, oh my gosh, I'm alive right now for a reason. I live in this place right now for a reason. And I made this way for a reason. Embrace that, you guys. Because God had done that. And now today, what I want to talk to you about is what it means to enlist in this. To enlist in this idea, in this plan. To no longer say, to be, I, I'm hoping by the time we walk out of here, we're going to say, you know what? Okay is not okay with me anymore. I don't want to live an okay life anymore. This is not what my existence is for. God lives inside of me because he wants to change the world. And that's what I'm talking about, man. When you think enlist, what's the first image that comes to your mind? Yeah, the army, the armed forces, right? You enlist and you join a cause, right? And when you get in there, and even the scriptures talk about this, when you enlist in something, all of a sudden you don't enlist in the armed forces and then just kind of get involved in everything else around there. No, it captures you and you totally give your life to this. And so here's the deal, you guys. Do it all. Right? The scripture says, whatever you do, do in the name, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? To do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it means a couple things. First of all, it's do it in his way. Live like him. No matter what you're doing, live like him. And then secondly, do it in him. Don't forget. Come on, come on. If you're a follower of Christ here again, remember, he's in you. And when you enlist as a follower of Christ, what's happening is you're doing it in the name of Jesus. Let me just show you a few things if you have Jesus Christ inside of you. How did he do this? How did God enter into this world? He came into the person of Jesus Christ. And what do we call what he did? The incarnation, right? You guys know, that, know what that word is? Incarnation, it means that Jesus, God himself, came into the flesh of a very human being, and he walked into this world. And one of the great things is God, what he should have done, maybe, right, is this. Well, I'm God, and since I'm coming down, and I know you have this temple down there, I'm going to hang out in the temple. I'm going to hang out there, because that's where God is. Now, was that true in the Old Testament? Yes. God's holy presence was in a building. But when it came into the flesh of a very human being, did you, if you have ever read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, did Jesus only hang out in the tabernacle? No. Did Jesus only hang out in the synagogue? 
No. Now, did he hang out in the synagogue? Yeah, he did. So it's okay to go to church. That's a good deal. Jesus did the same thing. He did the weekly thing and showed up. But then what did he do? He took his very presence into the world. There was no separation for him. There wasn't a synagogue life. And then, okay, great, did that. Now let's go out there and just do whatever, and then we'll come back on Sunday, and I'll, or Saturday, actually, for them. I'll come back on Saturday and tell you a little bit more about God, and then we'll just go out and live our life, and then I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about God. No, Jesus was live everywhere that he was. Here's the other thing Jesus did, is Jesus Christ, and this is so critical, you guys, Jesus Christ revealed the glory of God to this world. When people got a chance to see Jesus Christ, and he's the one who said it, if you've seen me, he said what? You've seen the Father. In fact, John, when he wrote it, he says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And then he says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard. So in other words, John was saying, man, we've seen the glory of God, and it was totally encompassed in this person. Because every moment that Jesus lived, he did whatever the Father told him to do. Every moment of his life. And then the third thing, third, third thing you guys did is what did Jesus Christ come to do? To live an incarnation, not to sit in the, in the synagogue, but to incarnate God everywhere, to reveal the glory of God everywhere. And then, I don't know if it's most important, but maybe it is, is he came to redeem the world. He came to redeem the world. Do you guys know what that word means? Because we don't use that a whole lot in our, in our culture. Let me, here's, the, here's a great definition. To redeem means to buy back that which is lost, to clean it up, and to put it back to its original intended use. That's what God does. Every single human being, and there's two things that Jesus wants to redeem. The first thing is every human heart. He wants to buy it back, wants to clean it all up, and then he wants to get it back it's to its original intended use. And then you know what else God wants to redeem, you guys? And this is why this is so important today, is he wants to redeem the culture. God wants to redeem every domain of society. He wants to redeem. In other words, he wants to buy it back, clean it up, and get it back to its intended use. Um, that means in politics. That means in our environment. That means in economics. That means even in our entertainment. The whole entertainment industry. Everything that we're doing. You know what God wants to do? He wants to say, I came here to get it back to, and clean it all up so it can be used in the right way. So that the government will function truly as a service to the people. To protect the people, to provide. That's what I want the government to do. Economics. How many, I mean, don't raise your hand, but how many of us are totally screwed up in our economics and our financial lives? And then our country, whoa, right? Just shaken on economics. And God writes more about money than anything else in the scriptures. You know why? Because he wants to redeem money. He wants to clean up and renew our whole mind and then get us to the point where we actually live like he intended us to live with money. See, God wants to do that wherever you work, wherever you live, and whatever you're doing, whatever you do, do it all in the name of Christ. Because he wants to redeem whatever it is that you live in here today. 
So Jesus Christ came into the world to bring the glory of God to the world so he could redeem the world. And how does he do it? He says, I'm going to live in you. I'm going to live in you. And you know what? Jesus Christ is unstoppable. He didn't live an okay life. <laughs> he lived an eternally impactful life. And now he's living inside you. To bring the glory of God into your own heart. To renew your mind so that you can go out into this world and bring the glory of God into this world. Into your workplace. Could your workplace use the glory of God? Yeah, could it? Do you know why he's inside you? And this is what Ryan was talking about in this place right now. Again, so that he can get into your workplace. I mean, he wants to be in there. But why? So he can redeem it. So he can change it. Man, does your marriage need the glory of God? Does your family need the glory of God? See, that's why he's in here, you guys. And so when we enlist, what does that mean that we do? And if you were here in, in, um, in, the, in the crash course on Wednesday, I apologize because I'm going to hit a lot of the same stuff. But you guys, what does it mean to enlist? When you enlist, what are you enlisting in spiritually? You know what you've decided to do? You've decided to say, I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to be a disciple of Christ. When you invited Jesus Christ in, you said, wow, you're the Lord, and I want to follow you every single day of my life. Now, can I just ask you, and I do want you to raise your hands on this, how many of you would say right now that you have enlisted to be a disciple of Christ? How many of you have done that? Okay? A lot of us in this room have enlisted to be a disciple of Christ. Do you know what that means? In that culture, that meant when a rabbi went to somebody and he said, hey, I choose you. And, did you, and Jesus said that too. Do you guys remember that? Because you didn't choose me. I actually chose you <laughs> to go and bear much fruit. And what it means to be a disciple is it meant in that time that you gave up everything in your world to follow so closely your rabbi that you would do whatever he did. So let's look at this passage real quick to see what it was like for all of you in this room. And for those of you who are here today, and you're considering this, it's like, man, do I really want to do this? <laughs> do I, do I want to be a Christian? Do I want to be a follower of Christ? Is this something that I want to be a part of my life? Look at this, John chapter 12, starting with verse 23. says this, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, and I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies... It remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be, and my father will honor the one who serves me. Okay, let me just walk through these verses with you. Let's go back and look at verse 23. It says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, and I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. 
but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Actually, let me read the next verse too. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You guys, when you enlist, and I never have, I, I, I've, I've never listened. How many of you have actually enlisted into the armed forces? Okay? All right, a few of you have done that. I'm telling you, man, I can't imagine what it was like on that day for you to say, because you knew from that day on your life was different. It was different. You had just committed yourself. Did you guys know that when you enlisted to become a follower of Jesus Christ, from that moment on, your life was different? In fact, one way it says it, it says Jesus, in, in 2 Corinthians, it says that the old is gone. You are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. And what Jesus is saying here is this right here, you guys. If you remain a single seed, in other words, if you try to save your life, and all of us have lives, and here's what I'm talking about. You have your work life. You have your recreation life. You have your family life. You have all these lives out there. And if you're trying to save those as a follower of Christ, in other words, hey, I'm going to enlist in the army, but really, um, actually, I, I like to water ski, though, you know? And um, so I, I don't know if I can totally do that, because I need my week, if that's okay, I need my weekends off, you know, because I go down to Lake Powell, if that's cool. You know, is that all right? Hey, I'm not sure if I can enlist right now, because I am a family man, and I just need to stay home with my family. See, no, when you enlisted, it was like, no, you're in. What Jesus is saying is, if you enlist in me, then you lose your life. But here's what he says. Is what does he say when you ha what happens when you lose your life? You find it. You find it. See, and here's what's the beautiful thing, you guys. Oh, Lord, please help me to explain this. Here's the beautiful thing. I was so scared to lose my life because I felt like if I did what that meant was I had to become a very religious person who only got caught up in religious things who had to go to church all the time and dress a certain way so everybody would know I was a Christian right you know, because there's a certain way to dress if, if you're a Christian. And so, and, and there's only certain music you can do, and you can't drink, and you can't chew or go with girls who do, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and that's what I thought it meant. And what I realized, I was so absolutely wrong, and I just want to tell you, I feel like the Christian church has been wrong for years and years and years. And I feel like there's a movement of God where he's finally saying, no, here's what happens, you guys, when you enlist in me. Yeah, do you die? Yeah. Did you guys know that? See, because if you remain a single seed by saving your own life, then nothing happens. If you die, your life gets multiplied. But how does it get multiplied? Because Jesus says, if you die, I'm not asking you to go to church all the time. Did I go to church all the time? No. Now, did I go? Yeah, so go. That's great. Jesus is saying, if you die, that means I'm going to go inside you and you're going to find your life because I'm going to enter into your marriage. I'm going to enter into your family. When you sit down to watch TV, I'm there. When you go to work, I'm going to enter into your work. 
Whenever you do, I'm there. And so guess what? You find your life. Oh my gosh. I'm not by myself all the time in my workplace now trying to figure out how to do this. Trying to have integrity, trying to work hard, trying to be effective. I don't have to try to figure out how to do my marriage all by myself anymore or my parenting. I don't do anything by myself anymore because I lost my life. And because I lost it, Jesus Christ came into it, and now he's in me everywhere. Does that make sense? It's not about, that's why we say all the time, it's not about going to church. For the longest time, people have said, hey, as long as I spend an hour and a half with God, whoo check it off. I'm good to go, you know. And then we'll talk, and, we, and I've said this so many times lately, and most of you will go, yep, and then I just drain all week long, and man, come back on Sunday and check it off. You, are, you know, so much of the time, we are church bread, aren't we? We're church bread. You know, we don't, might not wear the tie and carry the Bible around here, but are we actually any different? Do we do the church thing and then go off and be work bread? Ball bread. God won't do club bread. So... Um, <laughs> Are, are we all that? Or, oh, do you guys understand? Be church bread, be work bread, and do it with Jesus. Be club bread. Did you guys know he's in the club? I am never, believe me, I'm not telling you don't go to the club. Now, some of you can't go to the club because you can't follow Christ in the club. You know what I'm saying? I had a time period like that in my life where like, if I get near something that drags me down, I couldn't do it because it drags me down. See, now that I'm stronger in Christ after years, I can totally go to the club, and I probably should be in the club. We all should be everywhere. There's not a place in this world. There's a great verse in Psalm 24 that says, everything in the earth is the Lord's. Every person is. In fact, let me, let me where is it? There it is. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world, and all who live in it. You guys, there's not one piece of your life that God doesn't want to be in. And when you enlist, you enlist to be a disciple of Christ and you take him into every portion of who you are. What did Jesus say? If you can throw, yeah, let's look at this on verse 26. He says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. You guys, if you know Jesus, where was he? He was in the synagogue on Saturday. And then where was he? Somebody give me a shout out something where he was. I'm sorry? He was out with the people. And with who? What people? With the sinners? With the drunkards? With the gluttons? With the religious people? With the good people? And with the bad people? Where was he? Everywhere. Everywhere. And now he had this great idea. I got this great idea, you guys. Here's what I'm going to do. Because I'm like in the flesh right now, kind of limited, just like you. I can only be in one place at a time, but I'm going to be everywhere. But when I rise from the dead, I'm going to live in hundreds of thousands of millions of people. Do you see what a great plan this was? God was going to be able to say, through my spirit, living in you, once you enlisted me, I get to go everywhere. How cool is that? And that's why it's critical that for you and me, we don't think that we go to do our God thing on Sunday for an hour and a half, and then walk out of the door, take off your God clothes, and put on your other clothes. No. 
always, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you guys, this is what can make the difference in everything that we do. Can I see the time? Because I don't know what time it is, and I don't know if I'm supposed to stop or not. So, um, thank you. All right, great. Do you guys know what a sacrament is? You might know what a sacrament is. Any good Catholics in here? It's it's okay. (laughs) Wow, proud of my heritage. No, just kidding. Um, No, no. But in the in the Catholic Church, man, I mean, sacraments are really, really huge. Uh, and I remember in seminary finally understanding what a real sacrament was. And, and you know what a sacrament is? A sacrament is when a human being does an action, and when you do it, God actually moves in that action. Okay? i got to be honest with you. One of my favorite things to do is to marry people. I love it. And, one of the, and here's why. Because marriage is a sacrament. And, and I know, me, and I know that I don't do anything special at all in that moment. And yet I know that somehow, when a man and a woman stand before me, and they put those rings on each other's fingers, and who do they say their vows to? To each other and to God. That in that moment, what the scriptures teach us is God's, the scriptures say, what the pastor joined together? Right? No. Does, does the scripture say, and I hear people saying, I don't know why a piece of paper is a big deal. You know, I, I get that. Like, why is marriage a big deal? It's like, just because I need to sign a piece of paper? No. What, a contract joined together? You're right. You don't need that. No. What the Bible says? What God has joined together. Let no man separate. See, that's a sacrament. When we take communion, it's a sacrament. There's an act that we take physically, but we also believe that in that moment, that's why it's important to come with it at a, as a, with a right attitude, that in that moment, it can actually be a work of grace, a time of cleansing, a time of renewal, a time of renewing your commitment, a time of remembering, and a time of God really coming in and just being a part of you again. That's why I said, do this in remembrance of me. It's a sacrament. Can I, can I share with you? I think this is absolutely critical. You know what another sacrament is? Every time that you act in obedience to Jesus Christ, every action that you take of integrity, of love, of honesty, of a servant attitude, a cold water. Every act that you do, who's actually doing it in you and through you? If what we're learning is right, the answer is Jesus Christ. Paul said, I died, I no longer live, Christ lives in me. You know what we've lost, you guys? We've thought that I got to go to church to do a sacrament. And you know what? One of the greatest sacraments you'll do is when you walk outside this door because every act that you perform out of faith in Jesus Christ is an act that he actually does. And I'm telling you, 
this is a major challenge for me. I was reading a bunch of stuff on this this week, and this is what I realized. I can't tell you, this is, okay, I'm just, all right, let's just be honest. I can't tell you how much um, I pray about this moment, about this, this 30 minutes of my life. You know why I do? Because I actually believe that God knew you were going to be here today. And I believe that he knows you. I don't know who's going to be here today. And I don't know you. But I believe that he does. And there's a gift that he gives to some of us, and it's a gift of teaching. Jesus said, what I say and how I say it comes from the Father. That's my prayer every moment. moment. Because I'm hoping for these 30 minutes that actually God is going to speak to you. And that you're going to hear from him instead of me. And you know what, I, I do the, the whole like, you know, hey, I, you know, nice message, Dave. You're like, all right, whatever. But I'm telling you this, when one of you comes up to me and says, I feel like you spoke right to me. No, I didn't. But I think God did. I think church is a sacrament. I think it's a holy moment that we're in right now. Because I think God moves in here. You know what I've been challenged with is every moment of my life has a chance to be that. I have spiritualized my life too. I guess that's why I'm trying to confess to you. Is that for some reason I think this half hour is more important than the other however many I'm going to live this week. And they're not. Because if I can, as, and this is why we taught you, how do you get God into your life? If I can sit with God daily, on a daily basis, clean out my, all my goofy mindsets and all my, the things I'm pursuing, if I can get him inside my heart, inside my head, and remember that he's there, then I can walk out into this day. And did you know, if I can do that, if I have the right heart and right mind, then whatever I do, whatever you do, God could actually do it. And if God does it, then there's a whole other power to it. And this is what you guys need to understand. I don't know what your occupation is, but if you do it in the name of Jesus Christ, somehow it will have more power in the spiritual realm and it'll affect the people around you. An illustration for this I have was my brother. He told me years ago, he's the arts director back at our church in Detroit, and they were going to start a dance program. So they went down to Atlanta, Georgia to check out these different dance programs. And while they were there, they went to the top one, one of the best ones in all of the nation. And the dancers were really, really good. And they got done and they met with everybody and, and, and it was a very good experience. They learned a lot about how maybe they could start their dance school. And then they went to another one in Atlanta, same place. But this one actually was a, was a, was a Christian dance program. And they sat there and they watched it. And while they were watching the dance, tears welled up in their eyes, and they started just, I mean, it was an absolutely different experience. And Mark said, and I'll be honest with you, the other dancers were better. But something happened in that moment when these people danced. And so he met with a dance instructor, and he said, hey, listen, I got to tell you, we were at so-and-so school, and they're awesome. But what we experienced here is completely different. Why? I'll never forget this in all my life. And she says, because we don't dance for ourselves. 
I'll be totally honest with you. She said, we don't even dance for God. We dance unto God. We dance unto God. In other words, you know what they did when they danced? They worshipped him. They worshipped him. And when they danced, when their bodies were flailing around on the stage, somehow a spiritual connection happened to the people around them. Okay, I know you might not grasp this. I've been praying that you would. Can we get to the place where we believe that on Monday morning, I'm just looking at Chris, who's a good friend of mine, who's in the financial world. What does it mean for Chris to go to work on Monday and do financial planning with people unto God? What does that mean? Here's Josh. He's a pilot. What's that mean, Josh, for you to go and fly a plane but to do it unto God? This is what we got to figure out. And Susie helped me so much. And Dave, you always talk about work. Don't forget, what does it mean for my wife and so many of you as well? What does it mean for us dads to go home today and to parent our children unto God? I tell you, man, everything will change. You know what will happen? Is God will enter your home. And when he enters any place, it's different. God will enter the cockpit of that plane. God will enter the office of whoever you're going to meet with, Chris. All I you know, teachers out here, oh my gosh, can you imagine if God entered into your classroom? Oh my, do kids in this valley need to experience the touch of God? See, every person we're going to run into needs the touch of God. And that's why he said, I got this great plan. It's unstoppable. If you guys would just keep in step with me, hold on to me, believe in me, then I will actually live through you. And you guys not only touch the people around you, and this is a mystery that I don't understand, but I'm telling you, somehow even the actual work that you will do will be more effective. And that's what God wants to do in this planet. And I say, man, how do we do that? You know what will happen, you guys? All of a sudden, we'll be like Jesus, where we don't just come and do church, where we're actually living incarnational lives, where we realize he lives in us so we can live in the world. And you know what will happen? We'll take the glory of God into the world because he lives inside of us. What's the hope of glory? Christ in you. And not just for yourself, but for the whole world. The whole world has the chance to see God. People could say, we've seen the glory of God. I saw it in you. So how do you do that? Really simple. Really simple. Number one is you just love every person that you will run into tomorrow. Every person gets loved by God through you. You know the other thing you do? Is you live with the utmost of integrity in your workplace. You live a right just life. You live right. You do what's good. And I know there's so much all around us in this world. And you guys see it every day in your workplaces that it's corrupt. And you can bring the glory of God into your workplace just by being loving and just by being in with integrity. And then the third thing is just by listening to God and doing whatever he asks you to do. That's how Jesus lived his life. So as our band comes up, you guys, we need to take this last 15 minutes of this service and we need to say, am I losing my life? Have you ever lost your life 
Or do you live your life? I mean, who gets all your time and focus and attention? Is it a person? Is it your workplace? Is it a recreational pursuit? Or is it just yourself? Or is it God? Because you've enlisted. That means you've died to yourself. So that God could live inside you to everyone. And we need to take about 15 minutes to end this service and just see if we can get our hearts to that place where we can say, you know what, Lord? I want to live unto you. I want to work unto you. I want to be obedient unto you everywhere I go today. And if we can get our hearts to that place where we'll truly enlist, then God can live in us for his glory and for the building of his kingdom everywhere. Because he wants to redeem the world. He wants to redeem every part of it. So let's take some time. You worship him. You engage your own heart with God. Sing back to him from the depths of your being. I'm going to love you, Lord, with all my heart. Let's do it together.